This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Pius XIII was a great poem. But life evolves in spite of us. I'm the new Hi everybody and welcome to Papal Bowl Resurrection, Fanbyte.com's new Pope podcast. I'm Merit Kay, Features and Trending Editor at Fanbyte.com and joining me, as always, is Eric Thurm, Fanbyte's Chief Liturgical Correspondent and... And we, yeah, yeah, um, our, yeah, our guest went into the ocean uh, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, This is the last one. This is the last one, guys. Uh, who knew? It, it feels like only yesterday that we were being introduced to the rapscallion Pope Francis II. Right? God, I, I totally forgot about him because I miss him. We're now we're now uh, a two popes away from him. That's kind of three. Okay, actually, okay. Here's here's yeah, the thing I want to ask at the beginning of this: is let is Lenny like kind of like a Grover Cleveland esque figure? You know, how, okay, so maybe you Explain. don't know this. So Grover Cleveland uh, served two terms as president, but, like, split down the middle. So, like, oh. he was president, and then there was another president. Is he the only one who's ever done that? Yeah. And then he was president again. Uh, so the question is sort of, like, is Lenny kind of doing the papal version of Grover Cleveland? Unclear. Because he's definitely a pope emeritus. But then he does seem to just, like assume the pope's powers at one point but then he's basically dressed down by john branks but we're getting ahead of ourselves well but then but then he also like we're, we're getting even even further ahead of ourselves but he he i believe uh gives his last speech which we'll we'll certainly get to after Brannix has already, and this is oh, our last spoiler, yes. he he does give his last speech sort of after Brannix has already abdicated. Uh, I think at that point he so he that's is the point at which is, Lenny became truly papal. Yeah, that was the moment where he became the Pope, uh, the Grover Cleveland of Popes, which is very exciting. Everyone loves it. They're just fucking hollering about it because Lasted everyone for about. 20 minutes the the most efficient papacy in the history of the church so much done he just gets it all done and then bam he's out of there um maybe we should we should well yeah i guess we can back up a little bit because i think we want to get through this episode and then sort of like do you know the season as a whole uh but we start out with a press conference uh in which sophia is just like eating hot chip and lying out her ass. Mm -hmm. She's just like, Lenny Bilardo definitely didn't wake up. The church does not respond to provocations. You guys can all fucking eat shit. Um, And the journalists are not having it because they're extremely gullible, Uh, which is true. I mean, like, you know, if I was them, I would believe in this conspiracy as well because he is in fact alive. Uh, And we, we see a little bit of the people watching this and thinking about it. 
We see Esther and the leader of the Lenny cult, who definitely look like they're about to make out. Is that a fair reading I of the subtext? I feel like they just had. They just had made out. Okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad I sort of am getting uh, informed about the appropriate levels of that subtext. Uh, but we, we get that, and then we get the opening credits. We get the last intro of the season. Uh, unfortunately, Good Time Girl did not make a reappearance. But what did we get? Uh... What did we get? Because it, it was yesterday. So yeah, part we of got, the kimono, we, we recorded, or we lit, watched most of the episode uh, yesterday. And uh, God, it already seems so long ago. It was a long time ago because, it, you know, we sort of had made it close to the end of the episode. And then Voyella was messing with our uh, Vatican Wi-Fi. And yeah, we were, we were unable we were unable to finish rewatching it. Uh, but he, here's what happens, because I... I uh, and as a person steeped in mediocrity, make sure to have my notes in front of me. Uh, we get two intros because we get the the sort of Devlin instrumental all along the Watchtowers playing. Mm-hmm. And we cut between the Branix intro, which is him sort of walking slowly down the hallway oh, yes. in an echo of the first episode of The Young Pope, of, for which there are like a lot of echoes in this, which we'll, we'll get into, uh, of that sort of like dream squad like rolling down the hallway scene and that's cut together with the scene we've already the sequence we've already seen of Lenny walking down the beach and we notice when they're cut together that they're walking sort of towards each other when it's being put together like that Lenny is walking from left to right mm-hmm. Branix is walking from right to left uh and it's sort of building up Oshikai's the people showdown that we all knew was coming that was part of the original marketing materials for this season that I had expected to be happening since like July of 2017 uh-huh. it's finally here nope no it's not it's a fake out it's yeah it do, it do not happen um but uh instead Branix is going to deliver the the Angelus uh he's delivering this speech and the Vatican uh, in the in the square, in St. Peter's Square. And everyone loves him. Everyone's super into it. Because um, he was the punk pope. Remember well, uh, in we, the we, last but, episode? Before we talk about the punk pope, I want to talk about the conversation he has with Gutierrez right before. Because oh, I feel like this conversation okay, really yeah. tees up all the punk pope stuff. Uh, you know, he's like getting ready to do it. He's like hyped. He's, you know, he's listening to his pump up tracks on his uh, on his iPhone. And Gutierrez says he'll always be uh, Branix's friend. And Branix says, when I want Gutierrez, I know how to take the stage. And it's like, do, do you? I think Does he, he? I think he do. Yeah. But he, he, when has he taken the stage in the show besides the, this is my, so we'll get into this later. The other like moment of papal competence that he has over the course of the season is the no. And I think that's it. I don't know. I mean, I think when they go to meet him, he's But he's very, not the Pope. But he just, he doesn't say, when I need to be the Pope, I can be the Pope. He says, when I need to take the stage. Okay, but what, did that not include when he was doing the interview, when he started going into withdrawal? Did it not include... Maybe he didn't really need to then. To, I guess so. I would love to hear why. Uh, but I, I mean, you're right. He does, he's very good at the speech. He's just, he's, he got, he got his groove back. Okay? Yeah, he did. Like, he... Uh, he found his mojo. He did find his mojo, uh, his his spiritual mojo, and he's like, he's like, yeah, 
no, I can do this. I can do it. Just like I used to talk to Meghan Markle. I'm going to do it. And, uh, oh, oh, do you think this speech is about Meghan Markle? Cause he spends a lot of time talking about bullies and like mean people that he doesn't like. And I suspect that maybe it's about Meghan Markle. I mean, the kisses he was denied. Megan, the only, she thinks I'm gay. And now that's putting that in a whole new context. God, this speech is wild. And like the crowd is wild too. And it's, I would say like 60% punks, like tattooed, mohawk wearing leather, like weathering punks. And uh, because they're all so excited that he used to do that. Yeah, totally. In the 70s or presumably. Uh, Beto O'Rourke is there. A uh, really great shot of Fugazi in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, whatever, because this is sort of, this is a thing that we know would happen in the world of the young slash new pope. It is extremely funny to me to, like, imagine the process of writing this and being like, oh, yes, of course, like, discovering that the pope, like, used to be a punk, but now is a literal head of state is, like, definitely going to get all the punks, like, into the church instead of everyone making like cool art of him as like the devil. Yeah. I mean, what a sellout, man. He's, he's a, he's the Pope now. Yeah. But he's, he's one of them. He's the man. He's one of them. He's, he's, uh, he's one of the wretched abjects of the earth. We are all miserable wretches whom God has brought together in order to form. Florm? Florm in order to form (laughs) a more perfect, a more perfect union. Uh, that's actually what it says in the Declaration of Independence. The whole point of, uh, of National Treasure was so that they could figure out the fact that it actually says Florm. <laughs> Florm sounds like the name of, like, a discontinued Nickelodeon slime from the 90s. Yeah, or, or sort of, like, the version of slime that would come up in a sitcom, you know, where they, like, don't want to have to deal with IP rights. Like, Niles is like, Frazier, I think you're about to be Florm'd. <laughs> God, I have never in my this is I, and then all the kids are laughing, and he's just like, I was invited onto this program to give a treatise on Freud, and he's just dripping with form. I, I was I was told that Lacan was the kid's choice. <laughs> Let's be real, though. Fraser would never read Lacan. Stupid. Uh, but that, it does happen. So he does he does say that. Um, and there's just, like, he, he, the thing I think that he, that's, like, really working here is, like, we talked about this earlier in the season, that he brings the heat to that scene when he's yelling at his parents. Mm-hmm. And this scene is, like, him being the Pope, but with that level of emotional heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of it definitely is, like, hey, mom and dad, fuck you. Yeah, the uh, parents who abandoned us. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's, like, great rhetoric. I don't know. It's it's a very good speech with some dumb turns of phrase. Like, the whole, like, suffering is not a sport. Some things are not worse than <laughs> good things and bad things are exactly the same. Um, no, but I was like, half expecting man. him to say, like, we do not play the oppression Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> it was really buck wild. He was about to be like, join me on my incel forum. God. Uh, but he does, I mean, he, he just basically is like, also it's extremely funny to me that he's like coming this close to turning the church into a genuinely populist institution. Uh-huh. Like who is the enemy supposed to be? 
Well, not ISIS because well, we'll get to that. They it's, love it. It's only kind of ISIS. No, no, no. no. I know. But but we do cut to ISIS during this. Yes, we do. And they love it. They're they, just like yeah, yeah. They're like yeah, okay. Hey, like this guy's speaking our language. Yeah, it is. <sighs> That's very weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the thing is, it's it's weird because, and I, I don't know how you feel about this. It's funny, but I also am just like sure. Like I'll go along with this. And I feel like this is the kind of thing that absolutely would happen in like the West Wing or like the <laughs> newsroom or something. So good. That yeah, so like, good. The speech is so that good. Ice is like, well, we gotta hand it to you. Brad, yeah, Brad, Bradley Whitford is like, oh ice shit, had to hand it to us. Yes, exactly. That's how good the speech was. Uh, you did, in fact, have to hand it to us. And ISIS is like, damn, like American imperialism actually good. We love drones. Like, so good. And I don't find this that laughable or laughable in quite the same way. And maybe it's just because the show so clearly is made at like a 45 degree angle to reality mm -hmm. where the West Wing also would be like that, but it wouldn't know that it was doing that. It would be like, no, this is like totally something that could happen. Like, guys, like if you just like said the thing that I wrote, we would have done it so well. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is just like, sure, we're going to throw this metaphor at the wall. Um, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I I don't know. Like, did, did you have uh, other thoughts about the speech besides the kisses he was denied? Which, is he talking about Sophia? No, I think he's, like, just talking about... Just, like, like the, when he was... I think he's talking about, like, parent stuff. Like, uh, affection. He did not get a kiss from daddy. <sighs> he did not get a kiss on the lips from my father. Um, no, but I, I, I choose to believe okay. that he's talking about... Sure. Like, just affection and not, like, incel shit. Yeah, that's fair. But so he does that, and, like, everyone's really into it. It makes a lot of sense. He's giving sort of a relatable message. And then we get this brief scene where Esther is talking to the leader of the cult, and Esther's like, I don't really... Like, What's our deal here? What are we What are we doing? What are we doing here, guys? Is this a question that Let's we maybe should have... honest look... An evaluation of our goals yeah. and methods and see if they're in line. Uh, and what, what does the co-leader say that they want? She wants Lenny's body. Dead? She wants his body. She wants his body dead or alive. She wants his body. Can we get a little John Bon Jovi sting in there? Bow, I got, bow. Wait, yeah. no, wrong song. Um, no, that is that was it. Really? Yeah, did all. Yeah. No, I did. I was doing. A, oh, you're doing a different one. Bow, 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 bow. That's it's my life. Got it. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Welcome to our uh, Pope John Bon Jovi podcast. This in a pot for the <laughs> oh, broken no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no! Uh, this is a crime. <laughs> it's audio poison. Um. Yeah. Oh man, Esther is just definitely part of the cult. This cult just all fucks. Yeah, for they sure. all. Yeah, it's like very weird, very gross. Like it's definitely like a cult. She's the cult leader says for me it's like a body of Christ, and it's like she wants. She it? could, but okay, if she said it's like a body of Christ, she could just go to the fucking grocery store, get some crackers. Wow. Say the prayer. Wow. You're good. Damn. Is that a fair understanding? I, of I think a church has to do it. I don't. Okay, think but like she can do so, it at so, home. so so she could have just gone to church no 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 no. see what what you don't understand is that she knows that the body of the saint will give her stand powers oh. so she is trying to find the body parts in order to get the powers oh, to I save did. the country to save italy what what is her stand's name oh wow uh is there any song with like 
Lenny in the fucking title. <laughs> I really doubt it. I don't know. We're going okay, folks. We're going to the tape, but while we go to the tape to check that out, I will say a somewhat smart thing I think about this, which is that uh, one thing I find interesting about her wanting the body as the thing that she fixates on is that it it almost feels like the cult has been set up as this entity that believes so deeply in Lenny, right? And like that's why they're doing this, but really, and I, I this sounds very sort of like mind blown, but that they're really motivated by, or she's motivated by skepticism, Mm. right? That she is incapable of having faith. She's incapable of believing in sort of the church in general. And like, obviously Lenny specifically until she sees him with her own eyes. Uh, And I think that that's like a really interesting motivation, especially given what happens with them later in the episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, I can't find really anything. Um, that is a pretty good There's one. There's a song called For Lenny's Own Pleasure, but I don't know if it's by, like, a real band or, like, just a... I mean, they definitely don't have, like, a Wikipedia page, which is my measure of whether something exists or not. Sure. Um, it's a band called Joy Zipper, and uh, this was in 2013. And they don't seem to have done anything since then. I do not think, unfortunately, that... Uh... Iraqi-san is, is familiar. familiar. Yeah, with a band that released music after, like, 1980. Oh, nope, I know what it's called. Blue Oyster Blue Cult. Blue Oyster Cult. Blue yeah. Oyster Cult. Yep, that's definitely it. Thank you guys for, for the joining the segment of the podcast where we come up with JoJo stand names for things. Uh, and I said a kind of smart thing. But yeah, I, I think that's the thing I find really interesting with the cult. Um, but we'll, we'll get back to that because they play a much bigger role in this episode than they have in the past. So... Then Sophia uh, goes to Gutierrez and they're talking about the fact that she is basically planning on sending the triad to prison. Uh, The terrible triad. The terrible triad. And Gutierrez uh, is like, I don't know if that's a prudent idea. And she says, what is a good idea? And he says, quote, a good idea is one that minimizes damages and maximizes profits. Outside of here, they call it capitalism. I don't under is Gutierrez like dunking on capitalism or is he not like I don't understand I would like to think that he is but I know that he isn't it's just very sad I just don't like to see him or the this like beautiful child like son uh be swept along by this like poisonous no I think he's saying that like that what is a good idea is not always right just like capitalism Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. Okay, that's good. I like that a lot. Like, he's being sardonic. Cool. Okay. Wow, that's so great. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, Awesome. Gutierrez is a comrade. uh, And and they all go to prison. And she she says, like, well, you know, I I thought about the fact that they need to really just sort of search their souls. And I thought, "Mm, prison is a pretty good place to search your soul. Great zinger. Pretty great zinger. Um very complicated issue and she's she's talking to voyello in this conversation uh and she tells him that she's resigning uh and voyello says a very sad thing he's like sooner or later you all fall in love and it's just like everyone leaves voyello behind like that's a huge bummer yeah uh and voyello feels very alone which we we get a sense of when he uh, praise at Girolamo's grave in a scene that I think I I can only describe 
uh, as Gloria Exposition Deo. Does that mm-hmm. does that kind of work? Yeah, which translates to I think like oh shit, we're out of money. Yeah. Uh, let's just do a 360 year on as he explains what's happening in this episode. Which looks good, I will say. And we'll, it we'll, does look it looks good. Wow, it is just like and, the biggest exposition dump yeah. in this show. And it's so clear. Like, we'll talk about the season yeah. later, but the pacing here is like wild. And it is very, I mean, thank God for Sylvia Orlando. Uh, but yeah, so he's just like, here's the situation. And it's sort of like a like cop show exposition thing. He's like, six children have been taken hostage on the island of, I believe it's pronounced Ventotene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and like a huge... And their teacher, who's a priest. Yes, and their teacher, who's a priest. And it's like a huge crisis. Uh, and it was engineered by ISIS. Yeah, everyone's like, oh shit, ISIS is back. Like, we have to unhand it to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now this becomes, I would say, like, half the episode. Like, was that fair, would you say? Like, maybe more, this even? Becomes the, it's the episode. This becomes the point, like, the focal point that, around which Lenny and Branix briefly interact for, like, just a little bit in this episode when that sort of, we all thought, I think, kind of, that that was going to be... What this episode was about? Yeah. And nope, instead they go to meet and they have to, like, talk about this situation because, look, like... Listen, we totally would have written some really interesting kind of like purple dialogue about their various approaches to theology. Oh, but we got to do we had to do this kidnapping plot. It just came up. Uh, And that's where we are. And I will say for a meeting that I think I had gone in expecting would be like good, but not great. I was very pleased. It's pretty good because we get Lenny and just like a regular priest outfit. Which looks It looks really so good, good on him. Yeah, but he's really Jude Law. Anything looks good <clears throat> on him. I know, but it looks, it somehow looks even better than his Pope clothes. Oh, no, I know. Which I does. think is like yeah. saying a lot given the, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. how the, good his Pope The simplicity are. of it is is incredible. And uh, they have, he's just like pacing back and forth with his hands behind his back. In this and Brannix like reaches out his like, his ring. His ring and he just like doesn't even approach. Um, and he's just like, Here's what we're gonna do, and that's that's alpha dog shit. Yeah, no, like he, he, walks he in fucking and like, whips like he's just like here's how it's gonna go down. The caliph is like the caliph has a monopoly on fanaticism, and like he's scared that I might have come back to life because he knows that I could start Catholic fundamentalism. Yeah, and that if I show my face, I'll whip up millions of Catholics and like create a Catholic army to go and like destroy Islamic fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's like he's like this isn't a job for police this is a job for the church this is a job for the church and he's like if if, uh, if the caliph doesn't want me to reveal himself he'll have to let those kids go and it's like okay first of all what Lenny the fuck Lenny we can't you can't do this this is we have to calm down and that's basically what Brannock says it's like I think we will let the police deal with this and we and will the, pray and instead Lenny says again this isn't a job for the police yeah, 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 the yeah. church has to do it, and unfortunately, at this point now, uh, they reveal that Lenny is Brannock's wife's boyfriend, uh, and that that basically Fun. is the dynamic that they've been sort of acting out, and it is really ridiculous. Uh, Brannock is like, "We can't do this. We got to do what the church does," and then Lenny says, that night you wept at your brother Adam's tomb. You told him God doesn't like you, and of course, Brannock is deeply just like- shook. What? Yeah. 
Uh, and this is sort of an additional confirmation that all of the spirit Lenny scenes uh, were canon, so to speak. And then he's basically just like, now that you know what I am, you have to believe in me. Which is true, actually. I mean, but he doesn't know what he is. Yeah. So I think I think that is one thing that I, I like kind of maybe want to tease out at some point. Because uh, I do think like my feeling about this has always been that this is like what would happen Right, that there would be all this like insane fundamentalist because like of course like he's just there. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in him, and then maybe there's some value in like not having the thing right in front of you, or at least maybe that's what the show is saying. Um, but he 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 says you're going to have to resign yourself to believing in me now that you've realized what I am, and then we get a scene. Oh my god, that really. Scratch the itch. I, I had been <laughs> waiting to get scratched for a lot of the season. Lenny gets carried into the Sistine Chapel in his absolute king shit robes with this very dramatic kind of slightly minor key, like vaguely horror-esque music. He has the tiara on. Everything is just echoing uh, this scene in episode five where he does the speech to the Cardinals in episode five of The Young Pope, mm-hmm, which I, I think mm-hmm. is my and maybe you also you are a favorite episode of that it's, season. It's the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he gives a really incredible speech that starts with another one of these dumb like little power games with Branix. Branix is sitting in sort of like less good papal robes at the front of the church. Uh, but he's just like sitting yeah, with he's just everyone sitting else. Like, he's, he's sitting in the front row. He's the sitting corner, next to Voyello. Like, yeah. Uh, and he says, he tells everyone to close their eyes and Brainix is the only one who doesn't. That's like their other little little beef uh, stuff. Uh, and he tells all the cardinals to ask forgiveness and say, and think it will never happen again that I, a wretched man, <laughs> will fail to believe in Pius Thirteenth. Just like, damn dude. Yeah, because he's his whole thing, he was like, Remember when I told you that we would make the faithful come to us through a small door? Through a narrow door. A narrow door. door. And I was right, you dipshits. So, like, yeah. Narrow door, also the first of several good band names in this speech. A narrow door. I think either that or just narrow door. Mm. Remember when they talked about that? Did we think there was I always there was going to be like a, a real literal door. small yeah. door, like they wouldn't open the big gates anymore. You got to like oh, uh, that'd be pretty funny. It's like the fucking like, Nathan for you episode. Oh, I see. Where <laughs> it's like if you want salvation, you have to climb through the alligator. My room. my my client is the Pope. Of the <laughs> His goal: get people to come to the church through a narrow door. Oh my god. Uh, I would watch the shit out of that, uh, Nathan. If you're listening, we know you're a big fan of the show. Please uh, give the Pope a call. But this happens. The other big band name uh, comes when Lenny describes the heart as, quote, an organ that beats, which Mm -hmm. would be a really good name for, like, an album or an EDM tour, just sort of anything where everyone is going to have a lot of, uh, you know, glow-in-the-dark paint, fluorescent paint on. Um, And he, we get this big shot where we're following everyone closing their eyes as Lenny talks about his understanding of power He's like, this is what power means. Voyello exercises it over all of you. This is how we're going to use it later. He talks about the stuff that he did like. That what a did. glorious Pope John Paul III. He does say that. And it's, do you, what a beautiful I, soldier. I like, is he being sincere? Like, I, I don't think, no. I, it's unclear. 
I think he like comes around to that opinion later. At this moment, he I think clearly no. Mm. And he he but he does talk about the no. He's like, I love the no. That was great. Like really fantastic. I think that would be a good direction for the rest of your work. <laughs> I love that when he's just like when he's talking to Cardinals and just like talking shit on all them, then he's just like, I need you now to be silent and be behind me as my red backdrop. The, the red like, You just need to be standing behind me to make me look cool. Which admittedly, it looks very I cool. Def- okay, the first time we watched this, I I don't know if you thought this, but I definitely thought that they were making a tape to me send too. to the Caliph. Yeah, because me too. They're, it- because that's the whole plan. It's like, I'm back. And if you don't want this to happen... Yeah, it really seems like when the camera is pulling back yeah. and you see all of them sort of, like, assembled behind him, it looks like you're going to see that, like... I mean, it could be. Some guys... I guess so. It, they could have... I mean, they could have just sent, like, a still of that or, like, whatever, because that's the their whole plan, right? There's, there's a great moment where all... Every single cardinal crosses themselves at the same time, which I would love for someone to send me as a gift. And then Aguirre asks, like, he's like, I don't understand. Who is the Pope now? And Voyello says, shut up and pray, idiot. (laughs) And it's like, we missed that. I missed that so much. Especially because immediately after we get the only moment of the season in which Lenny is mean to Voyello. Mm -hmm. Because they're like talking, he's like pacing. Or no, he's not pacing. He has all these electrodes on him. Yeah, he's getting like tested. Yeah. And he, he's, Voyello is pacing and he says, take notes, Voyello. I have to dictate what he will say. He's just like, I'm writing Brannock's speech now. I'm just like, I am the Pope again. Everyone shut the fuck up. I'm about to do Pope shit. Which after, after all of his sort of anxieties around this, like, why do you think is he, he changes so much? Because he clearly has had, like, a lot of, over the brief time we've seen him this season, has a lot of conflicted feelings about his religious status and, like, how much of a public figure he wants to be. Uh, I think it's the kid stuff. Mm. I think it's the fact that kids have been kidnapped that sort of launches him yeah. into, like, berserker mode. Because he loves kids and he can't stand children suffering. Yeah, I got it. And so, so he's just like, I will assume, I will like, I will become a, uh, like, a Pope Super Saiyan level two. Mm. Um, I will exceed the power. So yeah, this is, this is sort of like, um, like children are just sort of like his Krillin, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got Isis it. Isis is Frieza in this scenario. Okay, got it. And then they do kill that priest. They do kill the priest. They actually do kill the priest. Maybe priest, that, that priest, priest is, is, is Pri- Krillin, yeah. Okay, so I guess, yeah, we're going to talk about his priest Krillin now. Uh, yeah, priest Krillin gets got, which God, is... God, anyone who, like, doesn't know what Dragon Ball is, is just... It's like, just, like, very confused. Krillin, about? Krillin, uh, uh, for, for reference, you get to learn about two TV shows now. Uh, Krillin is a, a sad boy who gets murdered by an he's, alien he's in Frieza. He's Goku's best friend, and he's, like... Kind of a, a cool guy in Dragon Ball, and then in Dragon Ball Z, he's like almost immediately worthless. And also, he just, just like he's there just to get he, killed. He is a bald icon, I will say, mm. as a, a follically challenged gentleman myself. Uh, he is great, but he gets killed, and then Goku gets super mad, and his hair changes color, and that makes him fight good. That, is that not fair? Make him fight good, it makes yeah. him fight super good. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's the resurrection, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but we 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 get this next scene. Uh, this scene has, is so it's good. It's really good. It has, but one it has no scene, Super Saiyan energy, though. No, but it's it's like one of my favorite scenes in the episode because I fucking. I mean, we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. I love Bowers. Like whole fucking 
like you've deep, you've st- I've come around. Yeah, I you fucking hated I, like, him I have so too. much. Like we, I think you hated him more than I did, though. And now you're like really on the back. Because well, he was like being shitty to Voyello, and he's yeah. like obviously this like ghost spook creep. Yep. Um, but I'm like so fascinated by his whole like weird deep state yeah, shit. It's very good. Um, <laughs> like he probably knows who killed Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe he Maybe killed... he did. Wait, that actually... Okay, that's like definitely my headcanon now that Bauer killed Jeffrey oh Epstein. God. Also, I want to take a second to note, we've talked about Jeffrey Epstein in a lot of episodes <laughs> of this podcast very that important. is deeply not about Jeffrey it's Epstein. It's very important. I mean, but Catholic Church... So yeah, like, I know, yeah. Um, uh, but it's very weird. There's also some like random general... This general, he's like this... Who's American, legend, maybe? American general. Yeah. He will not talk. He will only shake his head or nod in response and, to questions. He has a very sort of like state trooper vibe. He's very say. just like old general in like yeah. an action movie who's just like, they can't do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and also like Bauer's girlfriend is just like making him horny, which is yeah. very funny. She's like taking selfies and just like staring at him. And the general's like not paying attention to this conversation. Uh, there's a really good shot where Bauer is, and he, I think he's done this at one or two other points in the season. He kind of like rotates his hand around. Oh his my head. God. And I love it so much. I need to learn how to do that. Yeah, just like while while he's doing his like sick vaping. Uh, wow, shit! Is Bauer gonna be on my spring mood board? I guess so. Wow, he is bald and looks good vaping. Cool. Maybe <sighs> let's move on. Uh, we get the I would say probably the cringiest. Oh, moment. well, we we didn't uh, talk about we Sorry, just really quick because the the intro to like Bauer is talking to Boyella because. Brannix gave a speech that said that Lenny wrote that Lenny wrote that said like you have to let those kids go you are evil if you don't let them go I will come there with fire and steel and I will not be alone and so he's declaring war and uh Bauer's just like do you know what the fuck you're doing the last time you fought a war was like in the 1500s and like you're declaring war on Islam, and he's just like, no, no, no. Like, we know most Muslims are moderate, but like, Ooh, but the majority but. of Catholics are going to become fundamentalists. So, if if when he shows up, um, and then he's like rattling off all of the support that they'll get, it's because really like weird. because Bauer's like, oh, will the American army support the Vatican in a war? And the general's like, no, obviously not. And Boyle's just like, oh yeah, well, you know who will? All of these like ex-spec ops people and like militias and like rich financiers and Mm -hmm. stuff. And like, we'll be good, guy. Like, don't worry. We don't want to do it, but we'll do it. Yeah. Spec ops. The. Nope. No. No, we didn't get it. Uh, but But millions of people around the world, he says, are prepared to immolate themselves on the Syrian border. I think I just kind of had to, like, let that image, like, rush through me a little bit and, like, not think about it that hard. Because I think if you think too much about this scene, it goes to some bad places. Oh, no, it's fucked up. But Voyello, yeah, he's worried. The priest gets murdered. They're all sort of, we don't know what's going on. Bran X is like, damn, am I, like, getting back on the box now? What's happening? Uh, and then Lenny realizes that he fucked up because the priest got killed. Maybe they sent them the video. Maybe that's what happened. I guess we don't know. Well, I think they saw, I think they saw Brannix give the Yeah, so right. They, the they saw him give the angry speech. Totally. And they were like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll call your bluff. Their ladder, yeah, they've gone up the ladder of escalation. Because, like, the Catholic Church is, like, like yelling at, like, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah, right? totally. Well, they're going to form an army of yep. billions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. fundamentalist Christians who believe that, like, Christ is here. Lenny feels like shit. He can hates you, it. Can you imagine, like, an alternate universe, like, spinoff series where okay. Lenny actually does create a Catholic army and it's just like this like World War Three. This is like this is what I want not with the ISIS, but what I wanted this, this to be originally was that he would come back from the dead and there would be like a real schism in the church. It would have made me so happy. Mm. Uh but unfortunately that's not what happened. But it's okay. I'm I'm not Paolo. I'm not sort of on his wavelength. That just is what I would have wanted to see. Uh but you know, he he's freaking out. He's like, they know about my miracles, but not my murders. And he calls himself a rash, unreasonable child, which I think is probably fair. Mm-hmm. And then Isis shows up. Isis shows up. Isis does show up. Uh, this guy who is a close confidant of the caliph shows up. And Voyel is like, where'd you get this guy? And Bauer's like, he came to us. And this guy basically had ostensibly told Bauer, hey, I just want to let you guys know, it seems like this is going to get out of hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. We did not do that original heat. That was not us. We just sort of like let people think it was us for a while. And he says they didn't do the kidnapping. They didn't do the St. Peter's bombing. And they didn't do the Lourdes attack. So of the attacks that we've seen in the season, the only one that they would have done would have been the one in Somalia at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And And because they... (laughs) Because they think Europe is irrelevant now, yeah, which is very funny. It's They're pretty like, funny. It's a, it's an old like shop window. Yeah. It's like, um, also Fuelo speaks Arabic. Yeah, that was cool. I like yeah. that a lot. He's just like doesn't miss a beat, and yep. he's just like talking to this guy, and uh, and he's just like, oh, why would I? Why would I believe you? And it's like, well, because terrorists want you to like want you to know who did it, like. They, I guess he's thinking like, well, what Lenny thinks here is like, oh, they said they didn't do it, which means they definitely did it. And he's like coming after Brannix, like, okay, now this means we got to actually go for the plan. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And Brannix is just like, Lenny, I am the Pope and you are a priest and you will show me perfect obedience. And Lenny immediately goes into like child mode of just like, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm the worst in the world. You hate me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And, uh... Yeah, no, it's very funny. His attachment type. The 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 porcelain pope has defeated the fire pope. Mm-hmm. We did not know how the type matchup would fare. Uh, yeah, it's wild. And he's just like, are you just like full of shit, dude? And Lenny like doesn't know, I think, which is pretty interesting. Like, obviously, we don't get over the course of this episode and the whole season, we get relatively little sort of like interior perspective on how Lenny feels And it kind of, I think if you were going to try to render it, he clearly, like, knows all of this stuff and was, like, in touch with God in some way, but it feels like it kind of is, like, a flickering candle almost, Mm -hmm. and that sometimes it, like, doesn't work, and sometimes it does and he just, like, is freaking out. I think he knows he's there to do something, but doesn't really know what it is. Yeah. But, like, right after Brannix has, has told him that he's the Pope... Uh, <laughs> Lenny's like, you're the Pope. And he's like, 
Just no, kidding. Yep. I'm not. You <laughs> yeah, are. You are the Pope and now. And he's, he's just like, he's like, I'm going to return to myself. And uh, then he just pieces. He just goes back to the manor. Uh, with the Doctor Who outfit. And he just is like, he quits, I guess. And it's like, I guess you can do that. Like, yeah. Uh, and he tells Danny to keep the box for now. Because, as as he, he says, one never knows in life. He's just Cardinal like, Newman was I don't so think that's Cardinal say. Newman, actually. Was it Cardinal Newman? I thought it was someone else. Maybe yeah, it was Cardinal everything Newman. Everything is Cardinal Newman. It's all Cardinal this guy. Newman. It's all he one talks about. never knows in life. And he tells Lenny to go be the Pope and nego- reveal himself and negotiate for the children. Um, sure, I guess. Like, this is the part where we start to really sort of, like, ramp things up and, and move away from the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Lenny, we get this scene of Lenny going to the school, and he just sort of, like, he walks in plain sight, people can see him, which, like, I would be pretty uh, flabbergasted, I think, if I saw the supposedly dead Pope. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the school and it, it, it almost looks like it's about to be, like, a weird Matrix showdown, you know, where he's like, let them go. And then he has to, like, stop the bullets with his god powers oh god. or whatever, which would have been sick. This is, like, pretty good, too. Uh, but he goes, and then we discover something interesting. What yeah. do we learn? Well, when he walks in and sees Isis, it turns out that they weren't lying. It's it, not Isis. Who is it? It's Esther. It is, in fact, Esther. And yeah. the lady... Mm-hmm. Does she have a name? No, she does not have a name the whole season. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the cults. Mm-hmm. And, like, the cops come in and, and grab everyone and, like, get the kids. And then Esther and this woman just, like, get down on their knees in front of Lenny. And he's, like, all he says, like, he's just looking at them and he's just, like, get up. And, like, they're taken away. And it's wow, really es- This weird. is the weird ending of Esther's trajectory this season. It's very strange that like she went from yeah let's let's let's, let's walk through let's this review, let's go through yeah. let's review Esther's story welcome arc. to our final yikes segment uh, of the season poor single mother mm-hmm. to uh I don't know did she get any money from what's his name in the first place or no no I don't think so from Fabiano yeah no, but you missed the you missed the part where she's doing local news hits. Oh yeah, poor single mother doing doing news hits that's drying up really quickly. Mm-hmm. She's she, her her influencer period has uh, she's not getting yeah. those sponsorships anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then she becomes a sex worker mm-hmm. for one particular child. Mm-hmm. Per- like well, adult, not, not child. Yeah, not let's, child. let's not. Okay, is everyone's somebody's this, child. This isn't big mouth. Everyone's somebody's child. Um, and then to like half a dozen, I think, or like yeah. more, some like some dozen number, ish, yeah, a uh, dozen ish uh, adult children of rich old creeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she is fired from her job as a sex worker for the children, adult children of rich old creeps. She murders her client. Uh, her client is raised from the dead by Lenny. She goes to the cult, uh, decides to join it, presumably has, like, group sex with this cult, or at least is in a relationship with the cult leader, and then is convinced to uh, take children hostage and execute or at least participate in the execution of a priest. Then she goes to jail. 
Seems pretty yeah, normal. Master. Seems pretty normal to me, actually. Just like that chain of events. I feel yeah. like there's like some pretty big jumps in there. Yeah, I feel like I need a, a drink after that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, so so like. I think her character was like mishandled I, pretty grossly yeah. in this season. Well, let me ask you this: Would you feel that way if the sex work part of this plot had not happened? If it had just started, like, how would you have felt if she had been the leader That's of the cult? That's the thing. I don't think Esther is a cult leader, though. I don't think yeah, she has, she's too like, much of a follower. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't get why the sex work stuff is in there, and it's well, well, I get why. Uh, yeah, it's I, just yeah, to have yeah. her fall further. But uh, like, well, and and hmm? just like to do like weird like horror nudes. Oh, sure, yeah. Like but you could also just say like, well, why? If what if even what if it was just without that, um, without the weird disability stuff. But even then, it's like, it is basically, I think, to, to show this, like, arc. And not that, I'm not saying that Sorrentino is just, like, believes, whatever, that this is, like, the fate of, like, it's not, like, what am I trying to say? It feels very much like Victorian, like, fallen women shit. It's, it's except then you join a cult and do a crime. Yeah. They did, they had cults in, did they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, uh, I think it's... I think it, they mostly just did laudanum, though. Oh. See, that would have been a much better use of her time. Yeah, uh, the, like, but, the, the fact, the, the episode where, oh, she has a house and tons of money and her son, and then decides, no, I'm going to leave all that and go join this cult. And um, where does... Is Pius with her? No, he's with... We get a shot of him in the last episode, I believe, of him with, like, a babysitter. Like, I assume oh, that's yeah. with the money. I think that's what she did with the money. I guess, but... It feels very Madonna horror complex to me. Yeah. Like, intentionally so. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in a smart way. Exactly. Like, it's I feel just, like, he, like, the consequences of her actions don't seem to logically flow. Yeah. It's, like, it's like sort of I could imagine doing this in a way that is if not necessarily sort of like ethical from our perspective at least sort of like theologically interesting right and the sort of like digging into the roots of like why women mm-hmm. are perceived that way in the church and like this is not that yeah and i'm i'm not even like oh this is it's problematic I'm you're, not about cancel, it's problematic. you're about to cancel you're about to cancel Paolo Sorrentino how does that make you feel <laughs> i'm just saying like it just isn't good storytelling yeah um Whereas Sophia, I think it's like a much more interesting arc. Although a lot of it still is just reacting to men doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, he gets a lot of points just for the haircut and like that the styling and stuff. But like when you come down to it, a lot of her stuff is is sort of just like reacting to to men doing things. But uh, so she's in jail. And, is uh, that is that a wrap? Are we calling it? Is that a wrap on Esther for for uh, the season of Hannibal? That's a that's season a series wrap. wrap on Esther. Yeah, for now, um, we have some huge news to tell you later about the future of the the franchise. <laughs> Exclusive that I totally uh, would have brought up at the beginning of this episode if it was real. Uh, yeah, but then then what happens? Speaking of Sophia, oh yeah, she goes to England to go live with it's our dude cute i guess i think so it's cute but in like a weird it feels artificial and i i don't know like i think their relationship is very organic like i think that uh cecile de france and 
John Malkovich have like a really good, yeah, interesting chemistry. Just the idea that he is like leaving the church for her, and then she just. I sort of don't like, think that's why he's leaving the church. Really, I thought that was why he was leaving the church. I think that's just like, or it's a, part of it. I think it's just a Benny of leaving mm. the church. Like, I think he has basically realized that he's like a bad boob. Yeah, or that he's good. That he's basically like, I'm good. Yeah, I did it for a bit. I gave it a shot, and I feel like. Now, I think what he's getting at is just, like, oh, I've realized that, like, I only wanted to be the Pope to, like, impress my parents. And, like, I think he's moved past that need. Yeah. And also that he was, like, doing it to be Adam. Yeah. I think that Angelus yeah, that, is, that like, a sense. turning point for him as well. Yeah. Um, Because I think that that's stuff that he needs to hear, that he's telling himself. And he's basically, like, all right, well, I wasn't having a great time of it. And now this guy who is like way better at it than me is back. So And he's so hot. And he's really hot. So I'm gonna retire to England and live in my sweet ass castle. God, so tragic. It's so um no, but he's he's happy. He's like, I'm gonna return to myself. Yeah. No, um, you're you're right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Which if you think about it in like the broader arc of the the season is not like a tragic thing at all, but him going back into hiding, it's like he's going to be himself, which is something he hasn't been. Yeah. Like, almost ever, because he's been Adam his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he is, he is, like, his, his uh, you know, his parents' son. He discovers at one point while he's back, like, Danny comes in and is like, your parents want to see you. And he almost starts crying, uh, which is sort of, like, funny in the abstract, but given that they've had, like, one conversation in 30 years, like, I probably would cry as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and Sophia's there, and it's nice. Yeah. They get happy endings. And also, yeah. And I get why she would want to be, like, out of the game at this point. Yes, totally. Because, like, damn, shit's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then we get another uh, a sad parting moment when ba- Bauer has to oh move my God, on. Yeah, he's, he as as sort of the deep state Mary Poppins, he has, to, <laughs> he has to fly off to Korea now because that's where they need him. And he's like, Voyello, you cannot tell anyone where I am going. And Voyello is really sad. Yeah, because he's just like, oh my, you are my only friend yeah. now. He's like, who am I going to talk? To and Bauer's like, ah, people are always developing a soft spot for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, like, unlikely. Yeah, he's just like, I hate it. Like, everyone just loves me so much. Right, I'm too popular. That's yeah. my greatest flaw. And he's like, he's like, I hate this. Like, I'm gonna go eat a shit. Like, I've been eating clams all the time. And we're like, yeah, you have been eating a lot of clams. Weirdo. Why would you call attention to that? It's fucked up. And then he's like, now they're gonna go feed me dog. Which is, like, pretty fucked up. And I appreciate that Voyello yeah, calls like, him in on that. That's, they don't. Yeah, he's like, not. no, don't do that. And he's like, well, it'll basically be the same thing because it's not the clams. Well, he just says, like, but that's my perception. And yeah. perception, as you know, is everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's getting married to his weirdest girlfriend. Yep. Who calls him her little Bauer octopus. Which is very good. And he's just like, don't do that. You're diminishing the legend. Yeah, it's incredibly this good. Fucking guy. It's really good. And then the best part of it is that Voyello's like, but, like, I won't have anyone to talk to. And, like... You sort of forget, but given the context of this and the way that people dramatically end relationships, that this is, like, nominally taking place now. Mm-hmm. And Bauer's like, if with proper precautions, we can talk on the phone. And Voyel's like, oh, nice! Like, cool! Uh, and they're just gonna be, like, phone buddies. And, it, like, for some reason, this, to me, was one of the, like, sweetest moments of the whole episode. The idea that, like, they are actually still gonna talk sometimes. It reminds me of... Remember in the... the um, 
the series finale of 30 Rock when Liz calls Tracy on his birthday. Mm. It, like, really reminded me of that, of, like, these people are no longer workplace colleagues, and, like, you get sort of sad thinking that they might lose that relationship, but instead they, like, are going to at least be in each other's lives. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly like 30 Rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Lenny gives a speech. This speech has to do a lot. I don't know if it quite does all of the stuff it's supposed to do, but it does, I think, bring us back to tainted love quite effectively. You know, he's like, I just, I didn't know what love was. I needed you to show me. Uh, I was confusing love and madness and beauty and ecstasy and everything is crazy. Mm-hmm. It was all like madness. Uh, and then, but then he starts talking about how he is trying to think about the sphere of gentleness, also great band name. Uh, and he talks about the middle way and he's like, it's not the middle way. It's just, it's the way. way." Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a real transformation for his character, which is also kind of one that happened at the end of the young Pope. Yes. So it's a little weird, but I think... He's gone through his whole arc in one episode. Yeah, and I think what it is is that he is still just, like, this fucked up child, Mm -hmm. this, like, traumatized child, and, like, when he gets back into the papacy, he's, like, back to his, like, triumphant mode, and then he goes back into, like... Being nice? Yeah, well, he's just, like, he he acknowledges that, like, Brannock's had some good ideas, I mean, they weren't his ideas, but... <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It they're, doesn't they're, matter. All, they're all God's ideas. They're all God's ideas. But the you know what's so beautiful about questions? What is that? We don't know the answers. Damn! What is that, my man? What is I that? I mean, I guess we shouldn't have expected anything else. He's like, what am I? And like, who, you know, like he like brings up this like is whole question, is right? Is he Satan? Is he Christ? Is he Antichrist? Is he whatever? And he's is just he... like, it doesn't matter. And it's like, are you sure? Like, I feel like it does kind of matter. Well, but he says, and he says, he's like, only God has the answers. And then he looks up at the Big Dipper, because that's where God lives, yeah. as as you may recall. Um, that's where God's house is. And he says, that's the mystery that we believe in. That's the mystery which guides our conscience. Which I do, I think, again, like, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the season as a whole. I think that this does not quite come together in the way that I would expect it to. Um, but... It does relate to the stuff we were talking about earlier with the cult, right? That, mm-hmm. like, the the people who are sort of, like, failing over the course of the season are people who fail to believe, who fail to sort of, like, accept that mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, maybe a bit of a stretch, but I think in retrospect that is, like, kind of a theme. Yeah. Uh, and he... Then that, and that's it. This is a short speech, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, one of the shorter speeches. And then he's like, now I have to do the thing that I said I would do so long ago embrace everyone and he he goes and like hugs people and is like giving them cool handshakes everyone's losing it they just like love they're like oh shit like our pope rose from the dead and he's here now we get to kick it with him people are weeping understandably he goes around and and you know gets everybody then they pick him up and he he crowd surfs um and he's sort of being carried by everybody. Uh, and in, he, like, in crucifix position. Yes, in crucifix position. He, he's spread out like Neo at the end of the Matrix Revolutions, which I believe this is referencing directly. Mm-hmm. I can only mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. the machines are, are carrying him home. Uh, and he looks up at the stars 
And then the music dies down and there's this long, mostly quiet, but you do hear the sort of like fully like background noises gets passed to the front of the Vatican to uh, a group of nuns who collect him, uh, bring him into the Basilica, I believe, and leave him on a slab of marble because now Lenny is dead. Yeah, he died again. He did die again. Uh, and they he did die. They close the doors of the Vatican, and then they do the thing with the bars that they did at the very beginning of the Young Pope, where the three bars kind of like cut through the frame, and it says uh-huh. the Young Pope, but this time it says the New Pope. Uh, and this feels like a, a, a conclusion to Lenny's story. I don't really know what he accomplished. He did what he came back to do. I just don't know what that was. Uh, like he did pottery with Demi Moore. He like what? What is the sort of like ghost mission here? This is unfinished business. Um, it was like hugging people, maybe. I think it was just to help the. You know, there's a was church. It, do you think he just like came back to help those kids? Like, do you think that's like basically they were just like, yeah, like this is basically do it. Like you save these six kids and like you're good. You get your wings. Yeah, unclear. Very weird. Uh, But that does happen, and he's dead. And the first scene that we get afterward is uh, they're back in the the scheming garden. Voyel is in the scheming garden. He's like, we need a man steeped in mediocrity. We've had two really good popes. I think it's time for a bad pope. Mm -hmm. It's time we gave a bad pope a chance. Uh, and, and he's like, I was up all night reading the pontifical yearbook, which they mentioned a few times in the series. And I just imagine a yearbook that's just like, have a great summer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're all, they're all, or they're like, like, have a great mass. And they yeah, all just like, like, <laughs> like uh, oh, I, I put my mustache on Cardinal Newman. Oh, as Cardinal Newman used to say, one must not draw a mustache have a in great the summer. Y- God. Uh, wow. See you in the car. God, uh, had a great time in gym class. Uh, very, very weird. Okay, so this actually is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just uh, all the names of the cardinals, right? No, it's not just the names. I think that's a, it's like a directory of like oh. all the people who are like at certain levels in the church. Oh wow. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and he's like, I didn't see anybody though. There wasn't anybody who just no one was jumping out at me. Didn't really seem like anyone was there to answer the call. Uh, and then Luigi pops up one more time, and he's like, I did find someone to answer the call. And Voyle's like, oh, who's that? And they're doing this Abbott and Cust. It's so, so good. Oh Their patter God. is so good. Oh my God. And he's like, the last one in the yearbook. Alphabetically, of course. Voyello Angelo. Uh, and Voyello is like, why do you always have to make me feel so uneasy? But he's smiling, and we get this really incredible shot, this type of shot we've seen a couple times before, where uh, Silvio Orlando's face is, like, right in the middle of the frame, and it just, like, sort of looms really closely. There's, like, a lot of focus on it. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just smiling, and it's like, oh, we fucking love it. It's so good. Uh, and then and then we go back, we see Lenny again, and he's on the beach, it's the same beach from the the opening credits. It also notably is the beach that the members of the cult go into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we'd have to go back and check this. But I wonder if they go back into that, go into the beach uh, before or after the first attack that they do. Mm. Interesting connection. Uh, and then Never uh, Be Like You, I believe is the name of that song, by Flume starts playing. 
which played uh, at the beginning or in episode nine uh, of The Young Pope. And then we, as this plays, uh, we get our sort of Return of the King style ending. We were just like, let's check in on all these people and see what they're up to. Uh, and and we get a few things. Faisal gets out of jail because he didn't... He didn't do a crime. He didn't do the crime. Well, honestly, also not realistic. He would probably still be in jail. Yeah. Uh, but he does get to hang out with uh, Katerina. Like, we see a very nice scene of her just, like, bringing the baby out of the Vatican and they're chilling. Do you read that as her leaving the convent? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I wasn't sure. I think they're just, like, they have... Yeah, like a day their, a week where yeah, they get to yeah, they get to chill. Uh, Sister Lisette gets to visit her. Uh, what I've written out of my notes: "quote dying ass mom." Uh, great. They sort of got sort of what they wanted out of the strike. Uh, the doctor's wife is having a, a baby. baby, a better baby, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah, they they have some calipers on the the on the bed. Uh, Esther is now in prison. The Gutierrez moment, I think, is the weirdest moment of this. So weird. He's, like, in a bath, leaning t- over towards the camera and, like, drinks this big, drinks, like, a whole glass of, of clear liquid. I think it's water. But it's in a glass that looks like it's, it could potentially yeah, hold Yeah, like, it could just be vodka, but maybe, I really hope not because... Maybe we should ask Javier. Oh. Our good friend. Do you think he knows? Maybe we could ask him how he played it. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he just gets this big, goofy smile. And, like, it, it to me, it, like, I thought it was going to, like, cut away to, uh, what's his name? Freddie. Freddie's standing me there. Me too, yeah. Uh, and maybe Freddie is, is standing there. And I hope it's not just that he's, like, drinking again and it's just like, yeah. Yeah, he's, but he's just, like, he's just, like, getting it, though. Honestly, get after it, Gutierrez. You've earned it. Uh, he loves it. He's having a great time. And then we get the very end of the season. We go back to the sort of papal offices and we see Pius, uh, Esther's son, and he's riding around on this little sort of like toy tricycle. Uh, the shot is very cute. We're like following him around as he goes. He keeps going. He's going. He bumps into somebody wearing uh, the white robes of the papacy. And who is it? Spiella. He he did he it. He finally became the pope. He fi- He's the new pope. He finally it was him all yes, along. It was him all along. We see the title of the show again, and it turns out that the new pope was always going to be Voyello. Uh, and that's the end of the show. I love that the last line is just "Pius, you're a pain in the ass," and then and being Italian, and then the kids just like because he he's all. I mean, you gotta. He's also talking to the other Pius, like yeah. he's got yeah, be. absolutely. Uh, and it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, he, he like Vegeta, has managed to go Super Saiyan, in, uh, motivated by spite for the other Super Saiyan. <sighs> yep. Uh, Goku slash Lenny. Yeah. So that's it. I think maybe we should start by talking about our feeling, or briefly on our feelings on the episode as a whole, and then talk a little bit about the season as a whole. We don't, we don't need to go, but we, we, got, we got some stuff to cover, I think. Yeah. How did you feel about this episode as a finale? Uh, I think I liked it for the most part. It, it felt, again, like there was this compression issue where so much happens in this episode that yeah. feels like it might have been better spread out. 
Um, the, the the church thing feels, or not the church thing, the uh, the school thing feels like a little manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's mostly because of the way that it's introduced. And that seems like maybe something that should have started last episode. Mm. Um, but we just give Voyello giving a lowdown of like, like what is that? It's just exposition. And I mean, I would listen to Sylvie Orlando no, read the I mean, phone yeah, the, book in this voice. Delivery is fine. It's, it's just, just sort of like, the, yeah. The narrative construction it's of it is, is bad. This is like a third of the plot in the whole season. Yeah. Is uh, compacted into this episode. Yeah. And it, it does feel, and maybe this is going to sort of like kick us into the, the season as a whole, because unless we have other stuff we want to say, it feels like there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode that was part of the original vision of the show. Like there are all these images that call back to the young Pope in like really cool and interesting ways. There's this payoff of Voyello getting to become the Pope. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of like the, what you would imagine the end of the Esther story being. And it, it feels a little bit like, I think, looking back on the season, that there was like, we, we totally know the first like three episodes and like the last two, like mm-hmm. one or two. And everything else just, not that it's bad, it just feels way less confident. I think in the way that this material feels confident and like very clearly chosen. Um, I think it's indicative of the quality of Sorrentino's work that even when the show is mediocre, it's still better than like 90% of television. Uh, But yeah, the middle of the season does. It do drag. It drags a little bit. And it's weird because I, I'm sure like these all are intentional. Like he's a very good filmmaker. So I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, this definitely was like bad. It's just sort of, it has that vibe in a way that I think a lot of his other work and especially the young Pope, even when you don't understand why decisions are being made, it still feels really confident in those decisions. And I didn't really get that sense this you know, season. I kind of wonder whether Jude Law's relative lack of appearances in this season was a financial thing. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. You think he was Because he's in almost all the episodes. Yeah, but not for long. I don't know. I mean, I would be interested to find out, but I... It feel that actually feels very intentional to me. Okay. Like it, it feels like the withholding of him is like part of the the sort of premise of the season. Sure. Uh, which obviously, sort of, as a person who loves Jude Law, like I have mixed feelings about. But that does to me feel like one of the stronger choices okay. that they're like they're like we're gonna kind of keep dangling him because uh-huh. he, he's still an executive producer. Like he's still right. Sure. Like, yeah. He's not a guest star. Like he's he's on the show. Uh, but I, it really does seem like part of the point was that we're going to sort of just tease him out. Uh, yeah, but the, there is like that pacing stuff because, and this is a thing I think we've said before, this season feels a lot more like a TV show uh, than the young Pope did, which yeah. I think again, to sort of go back to, to one of our, our big things in the, in the second half of the podcast, this comment that, that our good friend, uh, our good close personal friend, Javier Camara uh, made, uh, where he he talks about how Lenny control you know controlled the time in the Vatican. He was mm-hmm. sort of like the center of gravity, yeah. right? In a way that Branix is not and is not supposed to be. Mm. Um, and it feels less like this 
mesmerizing character study. Like, just this, like, weird thing happening. Uh, because he just, like, kind of is a dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Like, do you think... I, I feel pretty confident saying, sort of, now... I still like this season a lot. Like, it's so much better than, like, basically anything else on TV. I do think it probably, to me, feels a cut under, like, less than The Young Pope. But that is not... Me saying that something is not as good as The Young Pope is, right. like... Yeah, it's right, still it's good. It's pretty fucking good. Uh, the, the Young Pope is the North Star, the house of God, through which we view all other... <laughs> Uh, papacies and entertainment products. Yeah, I mean, what, what, and and I, I don't, I don't want to exactly play Monday morning quarterback here because I, I don't, I don't want to say like what Paolo should have done, but maybe a better way of phrasing this is like, did this highlight stuff that now you think you would have wanted to see? Like, is there is there a sort of way that you can think about these decisions and be like? Yeah, I would have really, like, I think this actually, like, would have been cool, but I, wa- I would have wanted to see more of this. I think a lot of the Esther stuff could have been cut mm-hmm. or rearranged. I, I just feel like this season didn't know really what to do with this character and kind of shoehorned her into this weird arc that isn't, doesn't even ultimately have a really satisfying payoff. Like, the confrontation lasts a few seconds Mm -hmm. and I mean what do you say right like what do you say that to this woman who is like (sighs) my bad become a terrorist what does she say say? yeah Yeah, my my B that's my B Uh, that was my bad dog but I feel like that's a significant part of the drag in the middle of the season and there's I don't know more Gutierrez obviously would have been Mm, great yeah um well, it's interesting because I think that... So tell me if I'm wrong about this. I think that Branix is the only... And, and maybe Voyella to a lesser extent, is the only person in this season whose arc is spiritual hmm. instead of sort of just, like, dramatic is the wrong... I mean, just secular, sure, right? Yeah. That, like, Gutierrez doesn't really have, like, a full... Narrative, which is okay. Like he yeah. gets to do cool he's stuff. This season. Character this he's season. he's he's horny, and there there you know. But but last season we got this conflict of him being you know really timid and scarred by his abuse and pushing himself to be outside the Vatican. Yeah, he was much more active last season. There uh, wasn't as much space for him to play. Yeah. No, he he did not have yeah. Did he didn't not get to play, play in the space. space. Yeah. Uh, but that that doesn't happen. The new characters, like, Luigi doesn't really have... I mean, he just sort of is around to say goofy shit. Uh, Spalletta obviously does not have an arc as much as he just kind of, like, twirls a, a pedophile mustache for a while. Yeah. Before he goes yeah. back to jail. They, and those guys are, like, they're fun, but they don't... They don't really have... They're just... No. I mean, because I guess... They're just perverts. They're just perverts, and maybe part of what's going on there is a commentary on the fact that, like, the like that evil is predictable or boring or is in in the, the secular world is like uh what is the line that lenny says when he meets goes to meet with the uh with the nuns he's like what is modern is he's like oh like you want to make the church more modern but what is modern can be like yeah. destroyed or something yeah, yeah, it's yeah, predictable yeah. i think yes. he says yeah, yeah and so maybe that's what this is about is just like 
they're not meant to have like an exciting or interesting arc. They just suck. And like, there's not that much to say about that. They just, I guess that doesn't feel like a good reason to me to, or, or at least then I think it's like, maybe Spoletta also just sucks, but I think that then the thing that's interesting is like seeing him suck as a person who ostensibly has this position of power in the church mm-hmm. and the, the fact of his like, cause we don't know, like does Spoletta believe in God? Like, I don't know. We have no idea. And I, I, I think I would have genuinely really liked at least one moment where he talks about his faith, even if it's to say that he doesn't have it. Sure. Um, because we get that with, like, a lot of the other characters that we care about. Uh, yeah, and I think that that characterizes a lot of, sort of, my feelings. Like, I think they're just sort of... Branix is by far the person who has the most stuff going on internally. And even, like... Sophia and Voyello mostly are reacting to other people. Yeah. Although Voyello's Dark Knight of the Soul is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Absolute king. Like, clear MVP of the season, I think. Like, oh, bar yeah. none. Like, he's possibly... He's the new pope. Yeah, he's the new pope. Most valuable pope. Um, just really, really good shit. Uh, I don't know, is there other stuff that you feel like fits into that category of stuff that you would have wanted to either cut or stuff that you, like, uh, lacks that you're realizing uh... were there? I mean, obviously, a lot of the disability stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think Girolamo's death was really weird. It was weird. Like, <sighs> it was just like a very odd inclusion in the yeah. episode that, like, again, I feel like mostly is there to humanize Voyello uh, and just to remind us that he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he cares about people. Yeah, he has a friend. He has a friend. Um, that was just, it was weird. Uh, I don't know that it needed to be yeah. here. What else? Um, well, we don't have to just say stuff that we It's also just sort of like, no, I know. Are there people, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's tough. Cause I think that even with people like Bauer, like I actually don't know if we needed more I Bauer. I think we needed more. I think more. we had like exactly the right Yeah, for the Bauer. most part, I think, yeah, if, if you understand that this is mainly a show about John Brannix, uh and Voyello, I think that, it works really well. You know who there was not enough of? Who's? Danny. Danny. Exactly. So Danny is Branix's butler. Oh, Danny! So the thing, like, right, because one of the things that I really appreciate that you get in The Young Pope is that you have this character study where you're focusing a lot on this guy, but he also has people around him who know him, and so you get an interesting reaction, uh, you get an interesting facet of him, in his interactions with Sister Mary and with Andrew. Yeah. Right? Because they they can, like, call him on his bullshit in a way that other people can't. And Branix doesn't have anybody to do that, really. Like, the closest we get are his confession scenes with Voyella, uh, with Gutierrez. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's no, there's no person who knew him, you know, when he was a punk or whatever, who, who talks like to him. Danny has been there for a long time. But he just doesn't, he like doesn't he, talk. The most, I feel like the longest conversation that they have is like in the second episode when uh, they're talking about Sophia and he's just like, excuse my language, but she is a beauty. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted more of that, honestly. Yeah. Like I wanted more of him Danny. being like, hey, like giving him a little bit of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like. How's your father? Say no more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, he's English. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. 
I loathe Monty Python. <laughs> That's like absolutely like yeah. Brandon hates Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that that like you don't get that relationship. You don't get that level yeah. of intimacy with him. You do also sort of get it with Sophia, but it also obviously is a very different type of intimacy. And I think I just would have wanted like one more person for him to bounce off of. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um. Because even Spoletta has, like, a past with him, right? But their yeah. relationship is, like, totally stiff and adversarial. Right. Uh, but I think that's, you know, I, I still like this character a lot. But maybe that's a good good segue into into uh, a one-time segment, maybe a recurring segment I, I like to call Pope Ranking, in which we rank the popes. Whoa, Pope Power Ranking. Yeah. Pope, pope Pop. <sighs> I mean, all pope of them? Punk. There are only four. Not I didn't mean all the popes. Okay. I don't I didn't mean the historical popes. I meant the popes on the show. Yeah, okay. I mean popes on the show. I mean I I would love an alternate timeline show that explores Francis's papacy where he doesn't die. Where we just see it transform into this like just see these battles play out between his desire to transform it into this like radical like this like, social organization that is also committed to um, austerity. It's like a leftist crime ring. It's like a, basically he wants to turn the yeah. church into like a leftist like terrorist organization. Which like pretty good actually. Not bad. Like yeah, yeah I do. It's very interesting. Um, although also cameras everywhere so that no one can jack off. Yeah. That's uh, the sacrifice that you make when you join up with the the Naruto anarchy monks. I mean, that's how you get your powers. If you do it, you can't oh, be a no. wizard ninja. Oh no! You can't have Naruto powers. So wait, so are you saying that the 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 Naruto monks are proud boys? I mean, I'm saying proud boys are basically secular monks. That's making them sound, I think, cooler than they actually are. Uh. Because nope. the monks, the monks do cool shit all, in this all, show. A lot of that shit is all based yeah, on all these up. kinds of ideas of like insularity and like self discipline and stuff that uh, can be used in positive ways, I think, and also can be led into these bizarre political views. I loved him. I think that really, like, a lot of my feelings on this season would have changed if there had been even one more Francis the Second episode. But if it had been 333, I would have really enjoyed that, I think. Ooh. I think that would have really made me happy. Uh, because it just it just feels a little bit uneven here. But yeah, I guess you have to put him at the bottom. I don't know. Like I love what yellow, but during his he doesn't we don't get to see him as Pope really, other than this one moment. I mean I guess I, ref- I, refuse, to, I refuse to rank popes. There's is that is that is that heresy? Uh, it's I'm it's a I'm settling suffering for things. Suffering is not a sport. Fuck you got me. Shit. I'm gonna go to hell now. <sighs> All right, I guess we will rank the popes. I don't know. Are there other other like what what else do you think about the season? What have we learned? What have we learned from our our guests? From our our holy spirits, the third members of the the holy trinity. Uh, they're good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, all of our guests have, have 
lent some really interesting perspectives. I think we learned a lot just from the fact that we had people on who actually know things about Catholicism. Weird. Which we don't. That's um, true. We didn't even try to sort Yeah, of, this season we didn't. Last we didn't season we try. did. Yeah, last we season tried we last did season. try. Um, I don't feel like it was really necessary to do I that again. It. But the first, no, it was good the first time around. I don't think we needed to do it again. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe we should do a bonus episode where we just talk about potential spinoff ideas. Yeah, where we where we do audience Q and A and spinoffs. Yeah. Also, the bonus episode where I finally go on a long rant about the anime series Ma- uh, Vatican Miracle Examiner. Uh huh. You know, you're like, okay, we're cutting one segment out of this. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, okay, let's let's pretend. I think this is a good good place for us to, to end, like the bulk of this episode. If there were to be a third season, what would you want to see happen in it? What would your dream be? Because I, I want to. I think we save this. I think this is another episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we can we can hold on to that. That'll be sort of the the um, papal bull resurrection behind the robe uh-huh. or whatever whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's so. We're so really. What you're saying is that the question of what we would want to happen in a third season of this show is a mystery that we should let. Just let mystery be mystery. Yeah. Just like The Leftovers. Yeah, the next and final, final episode of this podcast is basically just going to be New Pope fan fiction, I guess. Send us prompts for New Pope fan fiction. Yeah, no, actually, yeah. Send us your questions about the show, uh, about the podcast, uh... Your, your prompts that we can maybe spin out into full ideas and uh, then own, obviously. Yes. Uh, yeah, because we haven't really done a lot of... Well, this podcast has, has mostly been a unidirectional kind of thing, but send us your thoughts. We've been praying to you, and now we would like you to pray to us. Yeah, send those to me uh, at uh, meritk at fanbite.com uh, or, you know, tweet at us at meritk at Eric Thurm. And uh, we'll do that. We'll do that one. We'll do one and, last one. And and do we also want to talk about the other thing oh, that we have coming down the pipeline? Yeah, we're doing this other thing now, too. So this was obviously a limited series run of this show because there are only so many episodes of The New Pope. Uh, but you know what's an infinitely renewable resource? Anime. Anime. Truly our most powerful resource known to man. So we are uh, going to be experimenting with actually a lot of different uh, ideas on this feed and and our other ones. And uh, the one that we are working on right now is uh, tentatively, or the working title, I think, is the three-up test. Yes, I think that's correct. And Uh, Which also, coincidentally, God, is also going to be about Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. I mean, we, we're contractually <laughs> obligated to discuss him in every the three, episode. The th- welcome to the three-up test. Oh, no. God. Uh, we poisoned the well. But the premise of this show is that uh, Eric watches a lot of anime. I don't. And he is going to choose a series. And I'm going to watch the first three episodes of it. And we're going to talk about whether, based on that, I would continue to watch the whole thing. Yes. Do we I- have the first series we're doing? Um, so I think we still have a couple, or do we, are we, are we settled on the one that we talked about? Yeah, let's do okay. that. Okay, so the first one that we're doing for this, uh, is Devilman Crybaby, uh, another show with very intense Catholic themes, 
Uh, and if you are a person who enjoys that show, we'll be watching the first three episodes. And then I'm going to try to sell Merit on the show, Misaki Yuasa in general, the sort of like fact that this is one of the best weird like horny tumbler pieces of art ever made uh and and really dig into the vast gap that exists between us as a normal person who does not watch an insane amount of anime and me <laughs> i'm yeah. very excited about that uh, and also give us suggestions because i think we're gonna we're gonna try one or one or two of those and see how it goes so yeah if there is a show that you would like me to force mary to watch uh let us know yeah yeah please do uh and also go to fanbyte.com and check out all of our content there uh we've got you know we got all kinds of stuff we got movie reviews we just posted a review by uh gretchen falcon martin of portrait of a lady on fire um, we've got a bunch, if you, if you play video games, we got stuff on video games. The new season of Destiny starts tomorrow and I'm probably going to be writing a lot about that. Um, I also may be starting a Destiny podcast, so keep an eye out for that. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe this is how I learned that this is happening. Well, I figure I already play it so much that I might as well get content out of it. Uh, a, a justification that has led to a lot of, uh, deeply poisonous content. True. True. Um, Working title for that one is Good Morning EDZ. We'll see if that sticks, but uh, stick around for that. And uh, we'll, yeah, I think we'll do one more of these. We'll do yes, the bonus episode. Send us your questions. Uh, go to Fanbyte. Please rate and review us. If you have the time, just make a day of it. Just do it for all your podcasts. Get it done. Check it off. You never have to feel guilty again. Mm, um can we can we make an official actually I mean not, not that it matters but can we since we haven't done it already make an official podcast endorsement in the 2020 presidential primary yeah oh vote, vote for vote for Bernie Sanders oh please. yeah I thought you meant an, an endorsement of a podcast oh no 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 that's fine as as, no, a, as, um, a, as a podcast we are making an official endorsement you can call this into the bookers at CNN I know they were waiting for this shit to come in yeah papable resurrection uh supports Bernie Sanders. So, um, yeah. Are you allowed to say in like a thing, an endorsement to tell someone who to vote for? I think so. Or is that a crime? If it's a crime, Voyello needs to be in jail. That's true. That's true. Um, and on yeah. that. <laughs> and on that note. Oh boy. Until the last time for one more week. Where are the pups now? <laughs>